up, 33? Tell me something good. Everybody you know, they tell me life don't come with no menu, so we're going to take it a day at a time. Man, by the time you got here, man, light your cigar, do whatever you got to do. Get comfortable so we can get this game going. Oh, shit, what do you need to come out? Man, just hold your man, man. That's all you got to do. Play some defense. Man, too late, man. Domino, game. Well, 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 we back again. You now tune into the Good Days, Great Nights podcast. I'd like to thank y'all for hanging out with me. Season four, in case y'all don't know, I go by Cool Breeze Al. If you know me in the cigar world, they call me 33. Alicia and Harrison's daddy, depending on what demographic think or father you live in. Your auntie's favorite podcast host, your uncle's favorite nephew, he called me when he wanted, when he asked for the, uh, he needed that Teddy Pendergrass on vinyl. I had it for him. <laughs> so he called me. Second coming of Gerald Levert. Uh, my real handle out here these days is we'll spin your mom or your sister from a half to a whole turn on some two-step Kansas City stuff. So I got a special person in the building today. And anytime I get to break bread with my people, it's always a good time. So I'm always happy to have people in. But some people... They special because their mannerisms is always calm. You may have seen them out. They don't never lose. They cool. They're always just a, a solid person. <clears throat> Not only that, they got family ties to the city. They big on making sure the city looks good as representation. They big on branding. They big on helping people and just being a calm person. So you hear different things about people. Sometimes you hear different stories. Here we base it off of different things. So in the sense of a road trip. Let's say, for instance, we was getting ready to go. It's a little rainy outside right now. Mm-hmm. We jump in the car. I got my people with me. You got your people. Uh, where would you want to go? Where, what, what city and state would you want to road trip to? <clears throat> Man, if I'm going somewhere uh, on a road trip. On a road trip. And you know, I watched a couple of the pods. Uh-huh. And it seemed like a lot of people was like Dallas, yeah. Houston. Uh-huh. And, you know, everybody loved the big pop and stuff. Um I'm gonna say Arkansas. That's cool. We're going Little Rock. We're going north of Little Rock. Where we uh, going? We we just gonna go a little bit outside a uh, Little Rock, but we are gonna say Little Rock just for the you okay. know, for the sake of people knowing where we that's, going. That's six or eight. Is that six hours? Or eight. I think it's about six hours. Okay, so five six hours. Six, six hours. All right, we get you. Uh, think down like uh, Oklahoma. We'll let you start driving. Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't pull over. We didn't got our snacks. Did we need to do? Everybody didn't done anything. Gas up and show turn to drive. Yeah. You, got, you got five songs, five in the, songs in the sense to describe you as a person right now today. No right or wrong answer, but I'll yeah. make it make sense in a second. Yeah. What, what five songs would you go with? Um, first is going to be Jay-Z. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just off top. Jay-Z, um, all right. Um, I, I, I know the pod kind of has that R&B feel, and that's really where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, but, but Jay-Z is like, you know, he's one of my number ones, like, for a long time, so I'm gonna say uh, 
I'm gonna just grab one out the sky today and say so ambitious. So ambitious. You know, it's, a, it's a it's a Pharrell beat. Okay. Um so you know it's it's really different than what he normally does. But I mean so ambitious is just a it's a it's a really good song. Um okay. and it 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 just it it talks about the life of and we'll use a buzzword, a creator. Okay. You know, it, it 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 speaks to somebody that, you know, that's ambitions are really just a lot bigger than right. You know what we would call the normal person. Okay. You know, so yeah, I like that. Um, and then uh, second, I'm gonna go with his wife because I'm in the beehive. <laughs> Come on, beehive. Come on. <laughs> I'm definitely in the beehive. Um, I, I, I seen that too. I seen that on Instagram. I'll tell you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's, seen I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely that. Um, so we're gonna say kitty cat. Okay. Um, kitty cat is probably. My, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say my favorite Beyonce song. Okay. Um, but that 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 B Day project, um, just that whole time period, uh, Kitty Cat really was like a okay a, a good song. And for me as a DJ, it worked like in a lot of environments. Okay. Back then, even still up to now. So that's a uh, that that's another song. Um, we had, two, we had three. Uh, we had three. Yeah, we we coming up on the third song. So who who would be the third song? Um, we're gonna stay on the R and B tip. So I'm gonna say Monica. Okay. Um, she's got a song on her first project. Um, it's called With You. So it's like a slow, <laughs> but it's uh yeah. If if it was really popular in Kansas City, it'd be a two stepper. Like you could throw it on as a two stepper, and people ain't gonna stop. It's <laughs> definitely a two stepper. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's, it's definitely a yeah. two stepper. So uh, we'll do that one, and then um, <clears throat> I'm always throwing a curveball in there. Okay. Um, so I want to say something like Missy, uh, but I'm gonna just go even newer. And uh, I'm going to stay on the, the, the newer end of my curveball, and I'm going to play uh, I Deserve by Smino. I ain't heard that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, we do, yeah, we're we, we going to throw a curveball. So, yeah, we'll Smino. Yeah. We'll I Deserve. Smino. I'm typing yeah. it in now. And, and Smino is uh, <clears throat> actually, he's a, he's a Missouri kid, so he's from St. Louis. Okay. Um, but he's one of those guys that's, like, next up. Okay, and when you when you listen to him, his artistry, the things he says, um, he's just one of those guys. Like you, you know, gotcha. you really catch his vibe just from you know his albums, his oh, no. his artwork, but then also the visuals he puts out. Okay. So like Smino is a guy that really sticks out, and especially when you see him from the first time. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, my fifth song, okay. Since you pulled the phone out on us, yeah, because I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure I say the 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 right album because I don't, I don't want to uh, be wrong on this. But it's from the Inner Visions album, and we got Stevie out here. Okay, so uh, it, it's not on the songs of the Key of Life, but it's uh, Living for the City. Living for the City. Um, and Inner Visions is uh, I I actually just stumbled on this album the other day, um, just to sit with it and listen to it, and it's just. It's one of those albums that's like full circle Um, because the stuff Stevie was going through back then. Right, right. The stuff black people was going through back then. Mm -hmm. um, He put all of that in this in this album. Okay. Um, So living for the city it's it's just one of those songs like. He took his listeners into like what black America was. That's it. And like like I think it's towards the end of living for the city. They have like a conversation out on the street. 
And you really just hear like yeah. the dynamics of like black people That's in in that time. So again, it just it just parallels. So you know, we'll we'll throw a little history in with that. So yeah, Stevie. Okay, so Stevie. one, two, three, four, five. Okay, yeah. do me a favor, introduce yourself real quick for me. Yeah, DJQ. Um, okay, pop it a little bit. Give me a little bit more. DJQ, how many years? Give me, give me work it out for uh, a little bit. Oh, I mean, I could give you the spiel. Give it to um, me. I uh, shoot, I've been DJing almost eighteen years now. I'm still in my seventeenth year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> covered covered a lot of bases. <laughs> okay. Okay. From from around around two thousand four to two thousand five to now. What a time you know, to so be alive. We, we we looking at uh I mean really a couple of decades, but <clears throat> I mean what is that when you when you do what you love really? Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's me. I mean a lot of people know me as a DJ, but then people that knew me in high school yeah. and middle school, they knew me as a guy that did sports. Yeah. You know, the people before then they knew me as a guy that was either in choir or at church that's what's or up. playing instruments in school or in school plays. Or, you know, so I've had different, you know, sections of life. That's but it, it really all just materialized in the, you know, being a DJ, being an entrepreneur, being somebody that creates. Um, but just creating in the sense of of what I think the city needs as far as nightlife. And so uh, that's that's me. No doubt, no doubt. So let's go back over this list a little bit, man. Mm-hmm. So ambitious. I mean, you got to drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beyonce, that's the beehive. We're just gonna leave that where it's at. Mm-hmm. If the club going south, we can, that's our ace in the hole. Mm-hmm. We can put that in there. Monica, that with you. That's one of my. That's one of yeah, my that's ones. Just, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> that's rainy weather. Come on, let's yeah. just, come on, baby. Let's take a ride. Nah, that's that's like, the we'll take a ride that's me. that's the smoke and ride around yeah. the four thirty five loop. That's that's the loop. That's the loop. That's the loop. <laughs> and you said Sino Sino. I want Smino Smino. Based out of St. Louis, but up and coming, so that means you keep an ear mm-hmm. to what's new. You you, you accept change, mm-hmm. and then uh, Stevie Wonder, living for the city. That means you understand the history mm-hmm. where we were and where we are. Mm-hmm. So when I when I use music, I use it to to understand how to speak to certain people. Of course. So when I'm having a conversation with you, I know now what's important and what's not. So you don't mm-hmm. have to small talk when you got the idea. Of the, so that's the whole purpose of the five songs. I tell everybody all the time. To give me an understanding, but give the listeners an understanding in a different way of looking at you. So in the sense of 24 hours in a day, uh, let's say you 24 hours of leading up into an event, what does that look like for you? Leading up into an event? Or um, an average booked and busy Saturday or something. We can do yeah, it like I mean, and it, could, it could be any time now. Mm-hmm. I mean, sat, Saturday is even really an old old way to look at kicking it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like... Like you said, now you would probably like the day party more than anything. The day party, yeah. So that might be a Saturday day or whatever. But uh, 24 hours for me, um, I, I mean, really is just waking up and really just kind of being aware of how I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, waking up, see how I feel, either physically, mentally, whatever it is. Right. Um, I'm trying to get myself together because – being a DJ in a sense is an entertainer. Yeah. Um, and, and depending on how you DJ, like when I'm DJing, I'm, I'm mixing, I'm scratching, I'm doing blends live, yeah. I'm doing whatever, but I'm also engaging the crowd, talking on the mic. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you still got to dap people up. So, you know, it's still a, a, a front-facing job as far as people. So <laughs> leading into that, 
I'm trying to live not necessarily carefree, but like yeah. stress free. Like I'm I'm trying to get my mind off of all the heavy stuff. Um, a couple hours leading into it, but if I'm saying 24 hours into a gig, I'm trying to eat cool the night before. Right. I'm trying to get a little bit of rest a couple of days leading into it, and not necessarily always up at three, four, five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, leading into leading into that, it is taking care of you know a little small one, two things I right. would have to do here and there. Um, but, but outside of that, it, it's really just trying to get in the mode of what I'm mode. what I'm gonna give people that night, and it could be you know a wedding it could yeah. be uh, a gender reveal it could be t- wow well, how times have changed could, you know it could be something at uh you know one light pool or yeah. <laughs> it could be something at or uh, you know it could it could be whatever it is it, the hookah spot like i just did you yeah. know not too long the day day party not too long ago it it's really me just getting in the mode of how i how i think people are feeling mm-hmm. and then i try to put that through the music and if they if they can feel it yeah, that's it. So yeah, my my twenty four hours is really spent just <laughs> channeling okay. myself. So so on a normal day, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me. Do you say you get like an hour to yourself to just decompress from the yeah. world? Now, yeah, now before uh, no pre I, I, man previous to about thirty six thirty seven. Yeah, I didn't take the time for me. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I think it took going through that. It took going through that that so ambitious mentality that yeah always hustling, always grind, always trying to like it, whether it's teaching myself how to do graphics so that way I don't have to hire a graphic designer all the time, or teaching yeah. myself photography a little bit so I could you know tell photographers and videographers how I want things to look. Or gotcha. Whatever it is, I ran myself ragged, but in in the long run it started like physically like turning into like back pain right. leg pain and hip pain so again like now i i just really try to focus on how i'm feeling that's dope and and, and get back to that so yeah like <laughs> previous and we and we kind of got off uh, off task but like yeah that's that's usually how my days are it's just getting, no, no you know, doubt, trying no to doubt. get back to right and i think that's like so like my biggest thing with it and i asked everybody about that hour and really, we need more than that hour. But a lot of times, we're so busy trying to perfect our craft, yeah, trying to be the best best version of ourselves or how we view. Mm-hmm. We don't get that hour, yeah, or we don't even get that thirty minutes. And then eventually, you hit that wall, and now you're not giving them the best quality anyway. Even if you would have just waited, yeah, and and took that time, yeah. So sometimes it's turning down a gig, or sometimes it's, hey, no, I'm not going to record this week, or hey, no, I'm not going to go out this time because I got to go to work, mm-hmm. and I know if I go to work, then later on I ain't going to be good for the next. You know, as you get older, yeah, you, it ain't like a a pop yeah. back like it used to be where you can just be like, hey, we good. Twenty, I, I can do this. Put, leave my clothes in the car, mm-hmm. go to work, do this, then do it all over again. Now you got to set your priorities good. So that's dope. So I tell everybody all the time, make sure they get that hour. Mm-hmm. I'm big on mental health. Mm-hmm. I'm real big on it because I've seen those those dark days. I've seen those days within my friends and my family, even myself, where you have to go back and reevaluate your life. Mm-hmm. And then we live in a time now where it goes so fast that when you go back and think about it, you're trying to pull memories, but it's kind of cloudy because you're like, dang, was I really my true authentic self? Was I this person or was I somebody else? Mm-hmm. So you have those moments. Yeah. So it's real big. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, you, you mentioned a thing about mental health being important. Like, again, I I, I said around 30, 35, 36, mm-hmm. 37, I really didn't, 
I didn't take the chance to I, I didn't take really any opportunities to like right. take care of my mental health, really, really look at how I was feeling and how right. I felt about things like it was always a yes to everything. It yes was to everything. Like being people, being a people pleaser, and that's that's a tough thing about being a creative and an entertainer too. Like, you know, I I took it upon myself to to insert in the Kansas City nightlife and entertainment what I thought it needed. Right. And for a long time, I didn't look at what I needed. Right. 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 So again, when I start when I started, you know, you talk about mental health. When I started going to therapy. Yeah. When, when I started actually, you know, paying attention to how I'm feeling day in and day mm-hmm. out, you know, it becomes important. Yeah. But then you look at artists like Jay-Z, yeah. Beyonce, Lauren Hill. Yes. You know, they 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 get ran to a point where it's like, nah. yeah, <laughs> I, I've worked enough. So definitely. I, I, I need to start really taking care of me. Definitely. Definitely. And I look at I look at that. I look at those. And one of the key ones I look at all the time. Just on some soulful, it's like uh, um, Teddy P mm-hmm. in that sense, and definitely like a, a D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, D'Angelo's another favorite because <laughs> I was reading, and then you see certain things, and he does has done certain interviews, mm-hmm. and he was talking about like his family being big in the church and spirits and like the energy of other people, yeah. and how like how does it feel really messed his career mentally. Yeah. Had to do push-ups before every show to yeah. look a certain kind of way because everybody has a vision of how you are. You can't change. Yeah. But one thing for certain, when he hit them keys, yeah. that don't go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? It's another world. So, so it's like, let that speak for you. But he's like, you just got to know sometimes, like like you said, to, to not say yes. And that was mm-hmm. like two or three years ago, five years ago, like leading up about seven, I was yes to everything. It wasn't mm-hmm. until recently where I'm like, nah, I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be there. And it's nothing wrong with it. But in your mind, being a people pleaser, you do find yourself like, hey, are they going to be mad at me because I didn't do mm-hmm. this or I couldn't do this? In your situation, you might have one at 7 o'clock that's going to run this way, but somebody wants you in the morning. You're like, I know I shouldn't be doing this yeah. because it's going to tear me down a long time. Yeah. But you're trying to please everybody. And then we not not chasing the, the, the dollar, but just chasing the legacy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's like I'm chasing really a legacy. But before we like hit record, you told me something like you just like just be consistent and walk it down, and that was like a gem. It was needed within me because a lot of times I feel like, come on, man, how to get this mm-hmm. thing? And I, I I catch myself being in the the times we are now, which is that microwave. I catch myself a lot, so I have to pull back and just take time to you know send the breathe. So when you look at like relationships, like when you doing like doing business, when you with your friends, how do you? How do you separate that? Because everybody want a favor. Mm-hmm. How do you balance our relationships, like as a as a whole? Kind of talk about that a little bit, man. To, whether it's personal or business relationships, man, it's setting boundaries. Yeah, um, you know, let, letting people know what's gonna fly and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always struggle with that. Everybody struggles with that, right? Um, you look, at, Kanye struggles with that, right? You right. Know, he's always complaining about somebody. That, that didn't hold up the end of the bargain or, right, you know, right. just whatever it is. Um, but that's what happens when you, when you're creating these new relationships with people. Um, you don't set that boundary of, 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 you know, saying, and, and in my case, it's, you know, a lot of people's like, you know, do I have to pay you all up front or can I give you a little bit before? And, I, yeah. and I'm like, 
you know, we can work out how you want to work it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before the gig start, <laughs> I need this. Give, give me my money. <laughs> I need this. Um, yeah. But and, and and we work it out however they need to. Like yeah. I'm I'm not a guy that's always gonna be hell bent on following the rules X Y and Z and all that. Right. Like we we can work outside of those lines. But still, let's like you know, let's stay, yeah. Let's stay in the same direction. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're human. Same, like I'm human. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't, and, yeah. and 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 that's really what it is, man. It's really just setting those boundaries. I think that's a that's a key for any relationship uh, that you have. Um, mm-hmm. Is is knowing what you expect, but then also communicating that well enough that 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 they can also communicate, you know, what they expect from you. Okay, and. That's, and I've done business about as as well as I've could yeah. <laughs> over the years. Um, I, I don't think there's nobody out there that can say I owe them money or you know or I or I, I messed them over for a gig or nothing like. Because I, I I try to pride myself just in in word of mouth. Like I right. I, I come from pre social media, right, right? Where you know it it was word of mouth. Let like the people, work speak for you. You know, people had to had to know who you and that <laughs> it's funny because. Uh, when I go out to the mall, when I go out to Oak Park Mall, uh-huh. um, <clears throat> I'm always telling whoever I'm with, like, I'm always just telling them, like, you know, I, I spent a lot of time out in this mall because y- you talk about 24 hours leading into a gig, especially back then when uh-huh. you look at pre-social media, you know, before all that, when when face before Facebook was, like, on everybody's phone. Right, right, right. Um, and Black Planet days, like... I would go to the mall and I would just talk to the different girls in retail or yeah. talk to the different, you know, stylish looking dudes around the mall, you know, just whatever it was. This one would be, this one would be. And just, and, and it wouldn't even be that. Like a lot of people really would just come up and be like, man, I, I seen you. I remember you used to dance in the club all the time. <laughs> so it's like some people have them stories. That's why I'm like, I've, I, I've had so many different stages of life. Like people will know me through something. Yeah. But it, you know, whether it's DJing or dancing in the club or just whatever it is, like they always been like you know you've been cool like you said you you a cool dude you yeah. just you lay back and I just I don't try to be that I just try to like stay away from the BS so again like keeping them boundaries like man yeah you stay away from the BS you you could dodge it a lot of the times not all the time yeah you gonna fall a little bit of yeah it. it's just yeah. like them them just like them lessons bought. Yeah, that nah. was lessons about. Yeah, I'll say pre. What was it? Uh, preacher Polly on Vampire in Brooklyn. He was like, "If every day's a sunny day, then what's a sunny day?" <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah. So, so tell me this, man. We are gonna go back a little bit. You got mm-hmm. some stuff on the table, but your childhood. Uh, you yeah. was you was kind of peeking through some of them vinyls. Yeah. Uh, say say say. Big sis had a had a special one back in the day. Yeah. No, I f- I feel like my sister had this uh this this Janet Control album. Uh huh. Um, Cause I, I had to look on the on the back to make sure it was eighties eighties <laughs> album, but yeah, that was eighty six, um, and that's what's crazy is like <laughs> the vinyl I remember, like it's, yeah, it's pretty close to like how it's worn, like everything. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, nah, when I when I was flipping through that and I seen that, I was like, damn, that like jumped out at me. Yeah, it was so, it was a uh, it was special. Uh, mm-hmm. Like my dad, my dad DJ. Mm-hmm. I said so when I was younger, so. That's where the whole Cool Breeze thing come from. Yeah, what's your dad's DJ name? Cool Breeze, cool Breeze? or Al, Al Groove. It was, but he's he's a, he's an older cat, Wyandotte okay. County based. And I may have dude, met him before. You may have. Yeah. Manor House days. This is like, this is like, this is like parallel right by three or two baseball field. Okay, I'm a I'm gonna ask a, uh, I'm gonna ask a few of my OGs yeah. about him because like you know DJ Fresh is like one of my OGs. Right, right, and right. He was right. he was good on both sides of the water, yeah. so I'm gonna have to ask about him. So I remember like. 
the day leading up to it, mm-hmm. he had a he had a Chevy twenty van, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about crates. And but you see the times change. Even this, you had to write your name on yeah. your vinyl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and that was like character to give it. And then now you go find these mugs in these different radio in like different record stores. Yeah. And you looking at you like, man, I wonder who this person was and when they was yeah. going through this mug, what was the song going here that they play? So you're trying to kind of find the grooves. Like, yeah. I wonder which one was the one they played the most. So that was like my thing. But then, just the other day, I seen you have the CD book sprawled out. Yeah. Like, do you like that? Was a time where you that's dang near pullouts going into like tucking it in the, up underneath the seat, yeah, hoping that don't nobody <laughs> take your because you two hundred pockets and you and you going to you know music warehouse or the landing or going out to Bannister or Tough World back in the day and just different yeah. you know see different radio like stores like getting them you know what I'm saying so what was that like as a, like as a kid like not just those albums but what was like some of them albums you remember like grabbing and holding on to. Man, it was. It, I mean, it was. <laughs> it was really a lot of the ones that I said. But when we when we talking about albums, mm-hmm. um, and then <laughs> you even saying that and leading up to it, it's just got it's got me thinking about <clears throat> how I grew up. <laughs> really, in a in a very fast like it, it, the the revolution of music right. and how we consumed it, it. It's changed so fast over my forty years. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, I, I remember vinyl. Yeah, and I also remember cassette tape. Cassette tape, and then I also remember. Uh, I remember when CDs first came in, when they were these big, like you know, it was the size of a dinner plate type of <laughs> type of CDs. Um, to like the mini CDs and yeah. the CDs. I remember we the know. minis. I remember the minis. Um, and so it's like you know, music and especially the way we consume it has has really like turned over hands. Um, but man, I wish I I wish I could think of them offhand because mm-hmm. all of these different ones in my face now. But man, I've got I have a a, a crate yeah. of, of vinyl at the crib, um, and it's I I think it's a couple of Stevie Wonders. Uh, it's one of my sister's old New Edition albums. Okay, um, and she because she's got her name like written on it. That's uh-huh. what I'm like she my sister had her name written on a couple of them. Um, but man, I, I can't think of all the names right now, and it's funny because I've I've posted, yeah, posted them years ago. Um, but yeah, man, that this really brings me back. It brings even, you back, even looking at that and like yeah. the new edition. The new edition one is 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 sitting in my ear because I I remember my sister like playing it when she was the new edition fan, uh-huh. like, or or even if she just listened to him then like from uh-huh. from what I remember, like new edition was her thing. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So like when we at the cigar lounge mm. and I, I hang with an older crowd, yeah. So my older crowd that's that's the era. So how like, old are you? I'll be thirty eight this year. Oh okay. So like, but when you when I seen you the other day, like it's. The 45s and the 50s. And yeah. I like being around them because they get to tell me some of them, like, the stove's hot, don't touch it. Yeah. Do this, don't do this type deal. But that new edition, that BBD where you get I Need You with Ronnie Bell singing lead, and you're like, that's Ronnie Bell singing lead? Or you watch, this, you watch the movie, and then you listen to, like, Boys to Men when they singing that song or Coming Home and and just the, the music. It, it, it was feel good. It was all, like... It was all about the moment. It was about mm-hmm. painting pictures. So those things are like something like I hold to, like a Stevie Wonder. Imagine like not having your vision and you got to paint a picture. Yeah. And you've never seen the world. Yeah. You. This is just your vision of what the world, what you can hear 
it's how you, you know what I'm saying, you, you're doing it. Or you look at like Aretha, she was going through everything she was going through with her music yeah. and trying to put it out there. And then I like live. I love live. I love live music. I love performers like that can entertain you in that way because you get that breakdown mm-hmm. where they talking to you and you going into it. And then Superfly was just one of them things where like, my dad and them talked about the movies yeah. and the Mac, and yeah. you also look over there. It's above the rim, like Tupac as as the coach at the end of the movie. Like if if I don't win, you ain't going to Georgetown. Like, yeah. but you you had people in the city that was like that, and then you also look over there next to Big Al. You got Black Street. That uh, album that's right a, that's there, a timeless album. Yeah, that al- I, I put it up a, a, a few months back, man. It's really a timeless that, album. That was one of the ones, man, where you can dang near play it from top to back. Yeah. Unless you was just tired of KPRS playing like no diggity. Yeah. But other than that, you can let that thing just go straight through. So it was one of them things for the bookends. Yeah. And then the executive produced uh Teddy Teddy Riley, one one of the executive producers. Can't can't, can't even and play I mean, with Teddy. You, yeah. You you look at 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 his his journey through music. Right. But then like a lot of his kids and grandkids that he raised up through the industry, a lot right. of producers that came off of his tree. Yeah. That uh that that Virginia area is definitely special. Oh, they, for that. They, they got some um, going. Yeah, definitely. And then you bring up above the rim, man. You talk about creators. You talk about people that have done it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Wood Harris, yeah, <laughs> in Above the Rim, yeah, really, really good in mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the character that he played just it gave you a look into who he was like leading into his career cuz right. like now today you see him uh you know playing probably the best role I've seen on the uh, the winning time what um, it's I, the it's the Lakers thing he's so, playing yeah. Spencer Haywood so you and for him to to play that role how he's playing yes. it, but then like for this to come up yeah. and to see how like good his career has been it's, it's been whether, great. whether you look at whatever it is from yeah. TV to movies like yeah, man, creators, man, they 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 stay consistent. They can keep you know keep their brand for themselves. No doubt, no doubt. And that's that's dope. But yeah, you and all of these people, all of these different artists and things mm-hmm. you talked about, man, they they all went through the same stuff we went through. Mm-hmm. Like they they went through you know <laughs> work, working for record labels that were white owned, right? That didn't that didn't pay exactly what they do. You know what they were owed. Right things like like we go through all of that, like all of these different creators go through that, and it's it, the way out we gotta talk about is just just creating an ecosystem, so you know people that are small businesses all coming together, so like you said, you could talk to names all you want, right, but <clears throat> talking to the people in the community right the people that don't don't necessarily have a name or popular, but people that are in in specific specific positions right. Um, you can really talk to them and get knowledge about a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. And and really things you don't know about. Right. So, and them be the ones you probably walk past in Walmart and be like, I ain't even know you do you did this. And you will never know. Yeah. <laughs> so when you look at like when you look at life right now and um when you like got nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. little cousins and things like that. No kids? No, no kids. So check this out. Do you think you're giving them a service or a disservice by being your own boss? Are you teaching them how to dream? Are you teaching them how to be their own entrepreneur? What do you think you're giving them when they see you in the sense of like the way you carry yourself and stuff like that? Man, my um <clears throat> my parents, uh, especially my mom, my mom was uh-huh. always one of those like lead by example okay. type people. Um and 
my me and my sister have have a, a gap. Mm-hmm. Like it's a mm-hmm. 10, 10, 10, 11 year gap between us. My kids us. do too. They got ten. Years. Um. So so my sister is is almost like a motherly figure to me. Yeah. Um, especially growing up, but like even now, like my sister is still my sister. Like we we've been right. You know, best friends for the longest. Like I, my sister's never been anybody that I can't talk to. Mm-hmm. So that's like the cool thing. But uh. But yeah, dang, where was we at? We shifted so fast. Oh, just more or less of like your, your, nephew, your nieces and nephews and people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I was going with it. My mom just always taught me to like, you know, lead by example. Mm-hmm. And so with, with the gap between me and my sister, mm-hmm. um, having nephews, like I, I, me and my oldest nephew, we have yeah. a five-year gap. Okay. And so like the nephew after that is another five years. So okay. it's like I've kind of always been in that like, they looked up to me type of right. position. And so I, I, I had to be cognizant of that in a sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was going to college and dropping out. Right. Um, or, you know, just whatever, like, stumbling I did, <clears throat> I still would have to, like, pick myself up and, yeah. you know, figure out where to go from there. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, those stumbling, those, you know, the different things you see, but then, like, being able to see my nephews growing up. Right. And when I'm growing up, they still growing up. And they've always looked at me as, like, an uncle. Yeah. Um, but it's almost been like a brother because we all grew up together yeah. for the most part um, just because, you know, we weren't we weren't so far apart. But, yeah, that's – yeah, that that plays a role into you gotcha. know who who DJQ is because even even my oldest nephew like he's uh he's uh actually gonna be in a show okay uh, coming up uh, soon I think it's on HBO or something yeah. HBO or Netflix or something but uh, uh we was having a conversation not too long ago um and I was just telling him like he he really kind of helped influence a lot of my appreciation for R and B um. Cause growing up, you know, I I liked Rap City. I liked looking at you right. on TV raps, <laughs> Fab Five, Freddy. Yeah, like I like stuff like that. But then, like when it was my nephew's turn to watch TV, he's turning on the Janet Jacksons, yeah, the Beyonces, and he's trying to emulate them. And like, just really like, I could see the way he admired these female artists. But not only female artists, like he he admired like just the R and B like yeah. scene and. You know, he and I listening to music together or just, you know, just whatever That's it dope. is growing up. Like, yeah, they they really all three of them, all three of my nephews really just played a role in like, mm-hmm. you know, how I grew not only creatively, but just like the, the different music that I appreciate. That's dope. One of your nephews mm-hmm. is the reason why I got all my cowboy gear on yeah. today. Yeah. I just want him to know. Mm-hmm. Just so he knew, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't want no problem. I just wanted him to know why I had all my cowboy gear on. Nah, yeah, because you know? I'm a uh, I'm a I'm a long time Philly fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I've, I've been a Philly fan since we, Randall we, Cunningham. We go we go peace treaty over here just on the sense of what he got going on. So I wanted yeah. to make sure that he knew what it was going on. So definitely, when you think of like stereotypes mm-hmm. being a DJ, mm-hmm. what's some of them that you kind of like you hear? Not necessarily make you cringe. Or make you feel like you have to prove them wrong? Mm-hmm. Or, or just a stereotype as a man? Like, what's some of the ones that you're like, I don't really, that ain't everybody? Um, Some stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the one that's ever occurring is always the, the racist stereotypes. Okay. Like, um, as a DJ, I've always, no matter where I, like, if I'm playing in Westport, you yeah, know, yeah. For, for a while, 
before people knew who DJQ was, if I'm playing in a spot, mm-hmm. and instead of saying, you know, we oh, we got a DJ in here tonight, you know, a new DJ, never been here before, they would be like, oh, we got a hip-hop DJ in here. Put you in a box. So, you know, no, and no matter what kind of music I played or whatever it was, and so, yeah, that that was a stereotype that uh, mm-hmm. that I really always set out to break. Again, I, 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 I said I'd... I, put myself to task right a long time ago to insert what I wanted into into Kansas City nightlife and entertainment and and that was black DJs when I mm-hmm. came back from school in Louisiana yeah I, I'm seeing like I go down there to Louisiana and I'm in Baton Rouge and what school in Houston I went to Southern the Southern I went to Southern yeah okay. Baton Rouge so uh uh my mom's side of the family my sister all, yeah. them, all them from New Orleans so it's you know that that Louisiana kind of like so you down at the pinnacle at the bounce bounce yeah, yeah, and I, I spent I spent my uh, first two years out of high school down there. That's dope. Um, um, but yeah, I would. Hey, I got thrown off again. Nah, nah, you all right? We you keep, all right? We keep. No, nah, man, because hold on, let's let's stay there for a second. Uh-huh. So, what was Southern like coming Southern, from from coming because graduated from here, right? Kansas City, right? Yeah, Southern was different, and that's what I was saying as yeah. far as like just just inserting that because when I when I got back home from school, uh-huh. all I saw was white DJs places. Yeah, and. They would play, you know, the hip hop song for like uh, a half a verse that's and it. Then cut it off, that's or, it. or maybe they'll play the hook. That's it, and then it's and then that's it. And so that that was always my goal uh-huh. there to, to tear that down. But transitioning to Southern, um, Southern was different, man. For me, it was it wasn't necessarily a culture shock, um, but it was somewhat of a culture shock. Yeah. Um, um, Somewhat of the culture shock was the the party atmosphere down there. You know, coming from Kansas City, um, I saw a lot of how Kansas City kicks it growing up. Right. Um, especially through my cousins and, like, my sisters and everybody yeah. that would go out. And you kind of hear about them talking about their nights right, out and right, stuff. Right. So, you, get, you know, you get a feel of what <laughs> right. that's about. And as a kid, you like, so intrigued because you like, damn, they was out past curfew. <laughs> like, so. Uh, <laughs> but now, uh it it was a it was a culture shock because uh, again my my people from New Orleans the the culture the food the yeah. the southern hospitality all of that I knew I grew up with that that's uh-huh. that's my lineage um even growing up like i we would it was like almost every other summer we would go to go to New Orleans because um, my mom still had sisters uh-huh. and brothers and you know whoever down there mm-hmm. and just family but um going down there to school I was in Baton Rouge which was about it's about uh, forty-five minutes away from uh, New Orleans, yeah. But it's the it's the capital of Louisiana, so right, right. Southern is right down the street from uh, LSU, right. And so when you look at LSU, it's the Big D one. It's the you know all the football players. Yes. They probably drive Escalades. That's it. Whatever you know, whatever it is. But then like the HBCU, that's the black side. Yes, it's, it's, yes, it's, yes. Uh, it's uh, oh, I forget the name of the little city that it's in. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's right outside of, uh, Baton Rouge and like, you know, gotcha. just, just like almost this little suburb, but you could tell it's, it's just a black community around yeah. there. It's, a, uh, it's a high school over there called Southern Lab. Okay. Um, so it's like, it's a high school close. So you kind of get that, that like interaction with kids mm-hmm. that are about to be at Southern, but, um, the party scene, man, Southern, like Louisiana is a... <clears throat> It's Mardi Gras. Everything. It's Mardi Gras. The, cult, the culture is Mardi Gras. And it's not necessarily every day, but like 
people from New Orleans, people from Louisiana, they are very unapologetic. Like they might not be the most educated. They might not be the most well-spoken, but when it comes to like intelligence, yeah. street smarts, yeah, yeah. When, it, when it comes to all that, they the best in all that. But then when it comes to partying, like they don't, they, they don't care what you think. They're going to dance how they want. Like when I went to, I went to school down there, I, um, I graduated in, in 2000. So I went, I went to school down there in fall of 2000. Yeah. Um, and when I got down there, it was, uh, it was an artist, uh, uh, Josephine Johnny. Um, mm-hmm. I think Josephine Johnny passed away not too long ago too. So, you know, rest in peace to him if that's, if I'm remembering correctly, but, uh, but Josephine Johnny, it was it was the dance yeah. <laughs> down there. Like he had a he had a couple of songs like remixes, and that was the thing. And I had never seen men move like that. Right. Like you always see women moving their hips and doing all that. But then when I went down there and I seen men doing it, and it yeah. was like acceptable. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. It right. was different because again, I you know growing up, I I grew up in theater and you know, whatever it is. Like right. I had I had cousins that danced in Alvin Ailey. Yeah. So sometimes in the summer I'm kick I'm kicking it at Alvin Ailey camp during the day because I ain't got nowhere else to go and my cousin got class, so I'm kicking it with them, you know, learning dance just off to the side. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I get down there and I see that because again I'm used to Kansas City, everybody sitting here, cool, you know, hold, holding up the wall, <laughs> you know, everybody too cool, too, you know, cool. too cool. So um, <clears throat> again, going down there it was just a shock. So. Down there, I really learned how, like, nightlife moved. Right. Um, when I got down there, my uh, my aunt had a really good friend that she grew up with, uh, yeah. Miss Laura Brown. Um, rest in peace to her, too, her and my aunt. But Miss um, <clears throat> Laura Brown, she had, oh, it was probably like five or six children, and they were all around my age. I think it was yeah. two of them were older than me. One, we were the same age, and then I think it was two younger than me, something like that. Um, but uh, her family really took me in. That's dope. And That's so dope. They, they were like my cousins down That's there. That's dope, yeah. So they, uh, you know, they showed me around. They got me acclimated uh, to it. But uh, one of the brothers that was older than me and then one of the brothers that I was the same age as, <clears throat> they were – well known on campus, right? <laughs> uh, one of them, Smokey, he was uh he looked like Jesus. If, if, if you look, you look at a picture of Jesus, and you know the, the little light skinned white Jesus they be showing you. Uh, he was light skinned with blue eyes, yeah, long curly hair, but stocky, yeah. And he always had his shirt. You know, Louisiana niggas always got their <laughs> shirt off because it's hot it's as hot. hell down there. But they always got their shirt off, so like. Women knew me just from always kicking it with Smokey. Yeah. <laughs> but then like his and any brother, brother any brother named Smokey got to be a cool cat. Yeah, nah, he was <laughs> he was he was the coolest breeze ever. <laughs> you know, so uh but um <clears throat> kicking it with Smokey, but then his little brother, uh Aaron, we called him uh they they uh they called him Lil Brown. Yeah. <laughs> and he's uh he was another one of them guys like multi talented, like mm-hmm. he was all state in basketball. Okay. I think he I think in track he was you know, a great athlete. He could. He was shorter than me. I want to say he was like five, five, seven, five, eight. Dunk, yeah. Dunk out the gym, all that. Cause seeing like he was just somebody that could do everything. Jack of all um, trades. And so we we kicked it. So kicking it with him, I was meeting all the women. Yeah. <laughs> and I really kind of learned how to like, not necessarily be a ladies' man, but like 
how to how to be around like different types of women. That's it. You know, That's a it. lot of people have they type of women that they like to be around. But like <clears throat> he was a guy that just showed me like a lot of skills of how to like, you know, just be around women and not necessarily be just a little creepy dude in the corner. And that, but hold yeah. on, let's stay there because that's that's <laughs> something that I think is a lost art. Mm. <laughs> and I, when I say that, like sometimes you fan out. Mm. Sometimes a lot of men are women, vice versa. But in a man, I've seen men fan out where they feel like they have to do so much mm-hmm. when you really don't have to do all. That. Yeah. So I, yeah. like having that that person that's saying, oh, "Okay, go this way. Don't do that. That's mm-hmm. too much. Don't do that. Just do this." And it teaches you how to be around. But I think the biggest thing now is understanding as a man, every you, you get a couple seasons, mm-hmm. but everybody don't want you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And some people you just gonna be cool with, yeah. and you gotta be okay with it. But I, I talk to a lot of cats, and they're like, "Man, I just feel like I can sell water to a well," mm-hmm. and they feel like that's any and everything. But I think nowadays, if you're nice, I, they, I used to think nice guys finish last, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or if, if you're nice, they'll always respect you at that. But if you always like too overly nice or too overly, that's the box they're gonna put you in. Yeah. So I think that that was dope to even have that. So now, when you get older and you and you meet that special person, you know how to bring it into the gap to like, I've, I've experienced the world in this, but I know how to put this into you because this is what you need. Yeah. And this is what I have to give to you, if that yeah. makes sense. No, definitely. And you and you talk about nice guys finishing last. That's like. You know, that's something that kind of got drilled into our head. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, nice guys finish last. You know, women women don't really like the nice guy. They mm-hmm. want the bad boy and all mm-hmm. that. But, you know, really looking at it, when you go below the surface, because it's one, nice guys finish last is just an old saying. Right, right. right. Like, it's, it, it's old in a sense of, like, now things are a lot different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very nuanced. And I – I could speak from from being the nice guy on the surface and then like, you know, treating past partners like like they ain't nothing but right, closed right, doors. Right. Um and and you know what what however however that looks, mm-hmm. um, you know, nice guys ain't always nice. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. And I and and that's just an excuse like, you know, for, for some guys that was just being losers or whatever. Right, it was, right. Just to say that's the reason, but like we just we got to get away from generalizations a lot of the times like and it's really just treating people with respect that's it um and, and being intentional and putting out i'm an energy guy yeah like i could feel people's energy i mean i'm a dj so yeah. like i'm i'm i feel people's energy when they at their worst yeah. for the most part uh-huh. a lot of times people is going out if they and I won't say they're always going out to escape something. But that's what but, it is. You know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, some people just enjoy being social. Yeah. Like, and, and you have to chalk it up to that. But then a lot of times, like, some people are going out to escape something, especially if they ain't celebrating something. Right. Um, and so you look at, you know, whatever it is they escape, and, like, people are, are always throwing that energy in. You know, maybe they throwing it to try to get some good energy back or whatever it is, but... I'm I'm just an energy guy. All of that to say that I'm an energy guy, and I could feel people's energy. Right, like you said, we we met at the the cigar spot. Yeah, your energy was good, and right. especially how you approached. Yeah, and it wasn't like it wasn't like forceful, but it's like, hey, I got you know, I got this podcast. Yeah, what I do, you know, we we briefly chatted, and then we was able to connect, and I and and it was something I wanted to do because again, like your energy was good. That's dope, and and you just have to be that man. You have to give people energy. Uh, good energy, yes, um, and and intentional 
type of energy. Yeah. You can't yeah. you can't be you yeah. can't be the, the I'm the nice guy here. Yeah. But you know, the, the the first chance I get to mess you over, I'm gonna do yeah. it. And and I think with me in this is learning working in corporate America, but then learning like working outside of there and being around people. Like mm-hmm. I went to Lincoln. So I got a chance to get some of that southern people in North and East and everybody kinda came together down there. So those people kinda molded me to be able to do mm-hmm. that as well as my parents. But with that, I wanna I want everybody to come on. That you know, some people that I'm like, and I'm not saying it in a, like I don't put people on pedestals, mm-hmm. but the platforms or where I think they are is like I I respect what you've done. I respect mm-hmm. what they've given to the world. They've make it they made it better. So certain people, I'm gonna have them sit down mm-hmm. because I think it's important to me because I want them to get their flowers. Certain it was days going in. I can think or I can think. And seeing you and you doing your thing, but you still was cool enough to, what's up, hey, what's up man? What's going on? You cool? Okay. I, yeah. This is like, mm-hmm. maybe I want to say around the time, like pure was like the, yeah, like, through all the, you know what I'm saying? Like it was one of those yeah. things where you just look up, but then I turn around and see you at what was predominantly looked at as a white club yeah. and you rocking it out. And I'm like, the dude can go in anywhere. So to yeah. be that way and not so much a transform, but to be able to be yourself yeah, in a room full of people that they, they think that that, and then to have a button, and know that I can control this thing. Yeah, but not yeah. take it for granted. Yeah, because some DJs get into it and they take it for granted, and they hot for two summers, three summers, and then now nobody wants to book them because now you arrogant. Mm-hmm. Can't nobody tell you nothing. But if you're, if it's dynamite, it, it, it's gonna blow when it, when you press the button. But I've seen you control it. I don't care if it was a fight breakout. We gonna still yeah. Curve this. Yeah. I don't care if it's, you're not dance like you said. Going down south, and you seeing men dance. When I first came back home from college, this is around the time um, Nina Poppin and Hill Towing was because I came out in 03. So when I come uh, yeah, back, you wasn't far behind me yet. So when I come back, and you got all the gangsters like this, and then when I first get to school, I'm like that. But then I'm like, but before I before I started DJing, the people that didn't know me from high school, yeah. That's what they knew me as. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, and you talk about Nina Pop and a couple of the homies. They got a joke because everybody thought I was a Nina Pop, Nina Pop boy back yeah. then. Yeah, and uh, and, and shout out to the Nina Pop boys because it's like it. It's funny because people knew them just based off of a dance out of St. Louis. Off a dance, uh, but it was the same for me. Yeah, like when I'm going to Lincoln to kick it, or when I'm going to St. Louis or yeah. whatever. I'm running into them at the spots. Yeah. And we all in there dancing and just, again, having a good time and, and all that. Like, dope. like yeah, it's, dope. it's funny. You, it's funny you mentioned that. So, yeah. No, no, it's dope. Because, <laughs> but I like, I like seeing cats up grooving and dancing. So, mm-hmm. when I got down there, I'm like, oh, this is cool. You can dance? Like, yeah. And not nobody laugh at you. Like, well, what you doing? You don't do yeah. Like, hey, what don't do? Like, no, nah, you can dance. Like, and I think men are so, like, taught to be so masculine and so this. And so strong that they don't do that. Mm-hmm. So now when you go out now, you see it. Or when I was like, even in Dallas, they be boogieing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, but this is cool. But that, and that's Southern culture too. Um, yeah, we're just too cool. Yeah. And you, you just, you, you look at that Southern culture, a lot of it gets lost in places like the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you look at Southern culture when you look at places like Houston, places like New Orleans. Right. Um, <laughs> you you can go through the Alabamas, through Mississippi. Well, Mississippi's a little more poor too. Mm-hmm. But uh, you you look at the Atlantas, you look at the Charlottes. Yeah, uh, a lot of these cities that I've mentioned, 
are are they have very thriving nightlife. Yeah. <laughs> they have they have very uh uh, uh a culture that really kind of sustains sustains itself no doubt. um in nightlife and entertainment just based off of what's built. But a lot in the South they would just give black people a section of the city and say, Hey, go go do that. Y'all have fun. Yeah. We're gonna be over here. And that's that's usually how they ecosystems grew. Yeah, um, the juke they, joint, they, the hole in the wall. Yeah, they they really grew from that because then you look at one one juke joint opening, another one's gonna open up because yeah. somebody seated, you know, and uh-huh. and that's where we at now too. You got one club opening up, and yeah. it it feels it feels good to to have all these people in here, but then it's like, hey, let me let me go holler at Q and let me go holler at a pure and yeah. up down and you know whoever it is, let me go holler at them to bring them in. Yeah, and 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 then the next club opens up, and it's like shit. Like, we need to go holler at them too. That's cool. So it's, it 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 turns into that community. It turns okay. into uh, you know black people having somewhere to go and express themselves. Uh-huh. And that's the tough thing about the Midwest. The Midwest it gets taken away because right. then instead of you know having giving black people they side of town like 18th and Vine or something like 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 giving them something and allowing them to sustain that, mm-hmm. like the Midwest they constricted. Cause right. you know, the white men they want to control everything here. Right. So whether it's it's nightlife, whether it's it's getting liquor licenses, whether it's what DJs are are hired in clubs or just whatever it is, like it's it's always this resistance mm-hmm. in the Midwest, and it's the, it's the same in a lot of different cities. You, you think can, it's getting better? Slowly? It, not really. <laughs> um, still, still, still ways not to really. go. It's 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 still always and forever has been. Different white men just standing against the the progress of nightlife. Whether it's in Kansas City, um, you can talk to DJs in Austin, Texas. Like a lot of these different like cities that are similar, um, especially in size and, and economic status, and you know just whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these cities have the issues because one, you know, the the liquor licensing laws are crazy and and nobody can get a liquor license right, 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 right. cuz now i got to go around and i got to get signatures from all my neighbors but all my neighbors are white business owners and right. I, i'm trying to go open up this club for black people and then when i tell them hey uh we going to open a business here and they all like well shit we don't want these niggas over here right right that's real so, that's real or one of them will be like hey i'll open up a bar for you and then they'll just they'll they'll pay the entertainers way less than what they're paying a white DJ. Yeah, you know. So what, whatever it is, like it's always something in the way of progress. Mm-hmm. But you just got to fight through it. Got to press through because I mean, what you gonna do? <laughs> come come Thursday, Friday, Saturday, people gonna be hitting you. Q, what's it to do? Well, yeah. So that yeah, that's just a it's 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 the tough part about it, but it's a reality. Like uh-huh. I said, you know. Stevie Wonder was talking about racism on on an album in the seventies, and and, and, and and talking about the different hurdles he goes through, not only in the in the music business or just whatever it is, but you got to keep pushing it. You you got to be living just enough for the city, living just enough for the city. <laughs> so when you think about your dreams and legacy, mm-hmm. what you wanted to, what you, what's some dreams you got that you ain't that you ain't accomplished yet that you want to share? Oh, like one or two. Man, I'm. It's funny because I, I I just turned forty uh-huh. last month, so it's like you get all them thoughts, uh, right. you know, about what forty is, you know, what forty looks like. You know, right. when you was twenty, you didn't want to turn thirty. Right. You felt like thirty was downhill, but when I hit thirty, man, I felt like thirty. I had some of the best times of my life, but then 
I, I, I built some of that legacy there. And it's like 40. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like 40 is a, is a transition period. So okay. when you talk about dreams, I'm a, again, I'm a creator. Like I've, I've, I, I've, I've dreamt about doing a lot of things. I've talked right. about doing a lot of things and it's, it's just, it's, it's now at a point where I can do a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. I know audio, I know mm-hmm. video, I, you know, I know a lot of different things that I could do with it. Um, I think it's just a matter of time of me like making space yeah. to create those different things and see how those dreams look. Cause it, as far as, as far as legacy, man. And I, and I was telling the homie, uh, the other day, uh, Josh, um, that, uh, he, he's, he's got up down nightlife. Uh, and we was talking and I was like, man, I really don't, I don't feel like I have anything else to prove in Kansas city, especially right, when right. it comes to DJ and when it comes to all of this. So it's like, I haven't felt like I needed to prove anything for a very long time. Right. So it's not necessarily, a uh, uh, trying to solidify a legacy. I, I think my legacy at, at this point, should have you know spoke for itself especially yeah that's you know, it that's it creeping up on 20 years but man it's like that's not just my legacy yeah <laughs> like being a dj is mm-hmm. not is not who q is only. Right. like right. i'm i'm such a uh uh utility knife when it when it comes to I like whatever that. i like that i like um, that because <clears throat> it's it when you look at a world that that we live in and not just now really over the last 20, 20 or 30 years, like you looking at a world that, that if you can create something that, that people want, they're going to keep coming back to That's it. Right. It's that, it's that familiarity. It's the, it's the cheers. It's the, where everybody knows your name and we're always <laughs> glad you came. That's it. Like, That's it. It, it's that type of thing. So like when you talk about legacy, man, I, that's what it is. Like you said it opening up, like he's always chill. He's always whatever, but people trust me to create whatever it is, you know, whatever it is I could put my mind to. Um, so yeah, when we talking about legacy, it's not just DJing. And I think that's what my dream is now. Like my dream is now is not necessarily moving away from like being a DJ, but it's like, I could show people other stuff. Yeah. So now it's more or less opening them. Like, let me show you. Yeah. I got so much more to this picture. Y'all just see this part of the picture. Yeah, and they, let me yeah. give you a bigger picture. Yeah, and I and I think that's that's what it is. Looking for, looking forward to me because man, we could never say what technology or what right. podcasting or whatever is going to look like in two years or three years now. Mm-hmm. Like we've just really got to kind of adapt, and it's it's really just taking those skills and transferring it into the next thing. No doubt. Um, so yeah, that's what it is. Like I. You know, being a creative is a buzzword, but it's really kind of powerful because it's like, what do you create? Yeah. And like people could ask me that all day, but it's like. Come see. A lot. (laughs) Like because I've just had my hands in so many different things Mm -hmm. um, and I've just been more of an explorer. Um, I haven't been afraid to, you know, not only try DJing in this part of town, but hey, I'm gonna go try to throw a party over here. Right. Like it, it's just being that explorer, not being afraid to like break down doors, but then like give people options mm-hmm. to do different things. Um so yeah, you talk about legacy and dreams and all that. I'm forever dreaming. That's um, it. I'm forever working on a legacy, but it's it's not even from a you know, people speaking speaking well about me and, and championing me mm-hmm. or whatever I'm done. 
it, it's just more so like again leading by example. That's dumb. Like if if you're gonna call me the best at something or really good at something, I want other people that's really good at that, or even people that ain't never seen him before. And it's like, yeah, he different. Sign off on it, yeah. Yeah, he he different, and it's it's he don't do the same thing that other people that do this do. That's dumb. Um, and so that's always been me, whether it's sports talk radio or yeah. yeah. Or DJing or, you know, finding venues to do things at. Yeah. Just whatever it is. Like, whatever. That's cool. Okay, so I got two more for you. We, we in a mm-hmm. good place. I got two more. If you could tell the younger version of you mm-hmm. something, what would you tell What would you tell the younger version of yourself? <clears throat> um, I would harp on mental health, man. Okay. I, I, would, I would really harp on that. Um, like you said, you know, guys are – in a club really stiff and wanting to be hard and all that, like <clears throat> just, you know, focus on your, not necessarily yourself, but how you feel, uh-huh. you know, re- really pay attention to that. Cause being a performer, like you said, being a people pleaser and all that, and mm-hmm. oh, did I do a good job, man? A lot of depression come with that. A lot. <laughs> and a lot. When, when a lot. You, when you don't know how you feel when you depressed, and say you going out and somebody, you know, nudge you the wrong way, it turned into something bad. Difference, yeah. So, so again, like, and I, I you know, knock on wood, I, I haven't had mm-hmm. issues or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be that at yeah. any moment. And you, you never, you never know. Um, but that's why, I, you know, I always try to keep that level head. Well, that's respect. Stay cool. That's good. That's, <laughs> um, that's good. So, yeah, but that's that's what I would I would tell my younger self really is, uh, you know, that mental health part. Because um, even, even previous to me going to therapy and really, you know, trying to get in touch with uh, my own feelings and right. how I feel and right. what I'm going through, my ups and my downs, like, because everybody like to pay attention to when they feeling good and yeah. all that. But then when you're feeling down, it's like, Damn, I don't know how to handle this. Uh-huh. Um, but it's working through that. And that when I was younger, I didn't work through those depressive periods mm-hmm. well. And a lot of that, I mean, it it it, it really bled into my dating life because mm-hmm. I just I it, it was a time I treated women like nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, when you talk about stereotypes mm-hmm. of being a DJ, like I lived up to some of that. Yeah. At, at, at some points in my life. But people didn't see that because that's that you know that that wasn't what I I was front facing about. Like I wasn't front facing about being a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Um, but then you know some people will see it because you know you jumping in DMs or whatever it right. is. Right. Um, and and so yeah, that's 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 one thing I won't necessarily say I beat myself up about, but it's it's something that I I reflect on a lot because mm-hmm. a lot of it was just learning from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Un- uninformed sources, yes, um, and, and not really taking into account to again how other people feel, right? So, no doubt. So, in the sense of uh, life, we say life be life. Uh, COVID kind of came through different strands. Life changed a couple years back. Sometimes you uh, go through things when you got to go to HR and you got to do mm-hmm. emergency contacts. Mm-hmm. Something must have happened to you right now. Who's the first person you call? Um, something happens to me right now at this right, very moment. Right now, um, the first person I'm calling, if it's not my sister, is gonna be my girl. <laughs> like right. one of one of the two. So, so this is the thing. They both with you, mm-hmm. and maybe it's mental, maybe it's a gig or whatever. Who's the next person? 
You got those two already. Those are given. Who's the next person? Man, that it depends on the situation because it's probably uh-huh. still going to stay family. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to stay family. Um, you know, if it's if it's something I need somebody right there, uh-huh. I may not be calling them, but I, I'm probably calling uh, uh, my cousin Aaron. Gotcha. Like he, uh, I I call him about a lot. If it ain't calling him, I'm texting him about That's something. It. Just trying to get his his perspective on it. Because again, like um, when we got older in life, we got a little closer. Yeah. Um, and, and especially after college, because he 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 went to school at Howard, so he you know he had the HBCU experience. But like him having that experience was very different from my experience at Southern, even though yes. we grew up similar. Yes. Um, but then as we became adults, his view of the world was very different than mine. Gotcha. Um, and and just the conversations, different things we had. Yeah, like it's it's him. Like I'm gonna call him because it's like if it's something, mm-hmm. I'm gonna need somebody to kind of like. Give me that 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 good perspective. And so I admire that. And I tell mm-hmm. people all the time to have more than one or two people you can call. Mm-hmm. That's the goal and the transition I'm in right now. If you're in my phone, I want to be able to call you for anything. Um, a lot of times we put numbers in our phone. We save them. We, we only call them when we need them. Mm-hmm. We don't call them just to say, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, man, I thought about you. Even if you just set a little time aside. But then if this phone was to die. You don't got no numbers memorized like when we was kids. So you mm-hmm. flat tire, need this, need that. I'm stuck here, need to go here. I don't know nobody now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the challenge of it now is making sure you have a, a village for your mental, yeah, for um, just just building you as a person to keeping you going. Mm-hmm. So like we look out here and you look at yellow lights and green lights and right. So even when you're having those days where you're like, hey, I still want to be a creator. And you'd be like, I don't know if they really need this. And it's somebody you can call and they say, you don't even tell them what's going on. They just automatically know your energy. Yeah. It's a few people that are hit me now. Hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good. How you doing? They're like, no, but how are you? Yeah. And those those people, are you hold on to those people. Yeah. Because if it's a person always calling you with something, it's like, dang, they always need me. Then you kind of resent them when you feel like you need them. Yeah. So you got to take yourself out of it. So, like, that's one of my biggest things is just having people. You can call for anything. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'm I'm not one of them people. If if, if I got your number, I'm gonna call you yeah. for anything because it mm-hmm. ain't it ain't always the same mm-hmm. on my end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like as a lot of people always want everything, right? And, and you, I and just I, I ain't got the room to give it. That's it. I'm about to say that's it. So, yeah. what you, do you got anything coming up? Anything coming up in the next couple like weeks or so? You want to like shout out or anything or anything you about to start back doing or anything? Um, I mean, as, as far as recently, um, I, I've been working a lot with, uh, with Josh in the up down app. Okay. Um, so that up down nightlife app, uh, we've been working on that. Um, it's, it's available to download. Okay. Um, in the iTunes store It's just on iPhone right now. Working on the droids um, later on. But yeah, Android, Android will come. Okay. Um, but when you build an app, you definitely got to build it on Apple first. Um, and that ain't even no shade. That's just, I get, that's just how the industry go. For right. Right. Reason. Um, but, uh, really just working on that. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily what I got going on because the, the up down nightlife app, um, we really focus on nightlife and it, it just, it, it's as simple as Instagram for nightlife. Like gotcha. it tells you every night where you can go. Um, but it's something that's needed, especially in like Midwest cities where gotcha. I can go somewhere and, 
you know, it might be a white DJ in there and he might play a couple of songs. It's like, cool, but I want to go kick it somewhere where somebody going to play the music I know and not just the, the hits mm-hmm. from hip hop. Like, right, right, right. I want to go hear some of the B-sides, some of the B-sides you know, is important. Some, 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 somebody that's going to give me some culture. And that's, and that's what the, the app is for. Okay. It's really to, to, to give you a look at, uh, where you can go, where it's going to be some culture. Okay. Um, and, and, and where some, so, some some black people is gonna hang out, but then you could also see like some black talent too. That's dope. Um, and that and that's that's not necessarily the basis of the app, but on that app you're able to find that. That's it. Um, yeah, because it, it's more so focused on the culture. And, and when we're talking about black culture, uh, when we're talking about culture, we're talking about black culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that because um, I mean we we do events here and there and yeah. all over, and we kind of always bouncing around. So. Um, you know they could they could find out on the app and all that and and really my website man uh djqspin.me okay i put everything on there from events to dope, when, yeah. I'm, when i'm putting mixes out um about a year or so ago i started uh i started a um <clears throat> a mix show uh online and you could just stream the mixes um but it's it's like hour and a half mixes um, and it, it was called the uh, Proximity Mix Show. Okay. Um, so when you talk about community and ecosystems and, and yeah. building all that, that's that's basically what proximity is. Okay. Um, it, it's really keeping yourself in the proximity of people like with like-minded energy. Um, you know, people people that are not only entrepreneurs, like you know, just whatever it is, but just people that have like minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and. and and that's who I always wanted my proximity. That's good. Um, but like the the proximity mix show is is just more of a. Um, if I were related to anything, it would be like uh, and something popular. It would be like a selection. So if you've heard of selection, okay. um, it, it it's similar to that, but it's it's really my flavor because um, I've always been a, a R and B head. Like I I was putting out old mixes and stuff, maybe about. 10 years ago and a lot of them will be R&B heavy and people will be like man I, I want you to do some rap songs and all that so then I start putting out those but here and there I was always putting out some like different type of neo yeah. soul or like it. alt type of R&B stuff so that's what proximity is but um outside of that man I <laughs> yeah it ain't it ain't too much to promote because okay. I, I kind of always promote it on there but um as far as stuff that's coming you know, if, if something comes up, maybe maybe we'll do another episode. And please, like up please, yeah. So. I want to do one with the DJs. I think a panel with DJs would be would be would be fire. Yeah, I mean, I you know figure out what your uh, uh, what your goal with that would be. Yeah, because um, I, I mean, you I could, would want to talk to everybody and see how they want it to be. But mm-hmm. I'll put my piece in it. But really, I want to shed light on that. Yeah, no, nah, I, I would definitely say work it out. Yeah, because um, that that. It'll be it'll be something for the culture definitely to do, definitely. Um, and that way DJs can kind of you know speak their mind and have a platform. Yes, right now I mean, it's, it's needed. Right now, no, it, it, it's definitely needed. And I mean, speaking of platforms, like uh, you know, back in the day, I you know I was I was one of the original people that started Soul Sessions, and I did that for like the first six years. Oh wait, you popping? And yeah. so like, but. Even with soul sessions like still going on, and it's 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 probably ran way different than than how I ran it uh-huh. now. Um, but back then, it was a platform. Yeah. Like, it was a platform for artists. Um, it was more so focused on spoken word. Yeah. Uh, but naturally, you get a lot of R and B singers, so that's yeah. why it was always like that R and B feel. 
because um, it was a lot of the writers and the different poets that would link up with the singers and all that. You know, they all, they was always clicked up, so people would come there. But that was the basis of Soul Sessions. Yeah. Soul Sessions was to 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 give people a stage or a platform, really to prepare themselves for the bigger stages. That's the, and, that's the, and that was always the message I would try to get out to people because it back then it was funny because people would try to like. <laughs> hit me up and DM me like, oh, you got features and all this going on. And I would just tell people like, yeah, if you're going to feature, you know, have some, something you could sell, have, yeah. you know, this and that, like have you a show together. Right. Like, don't just give me the same five, six poems you do around town. And yes. I'm going to pay you to do this feature. Um, but nah, that's, that's, you know, it, another thing that, you know, I joined on to because I felt like it needed to be inserted um, into the culture. But then also, I, you know, my DJ career started from, and you might have been too young because when I started, I, I think you said you was in college. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I started doing um, U Lit. Uh, it was Urban Literation, and we did a Wednesday night. Mm-mm. And so we started. Uh, we started at a place called, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, I think it was a uh, Trago. Okay. And it was it. It's basically where the I think the Maid Mob store is there now. Okay, it's um, you know where the uh, which daiquiri shop? It's the daiquiri shop that's on Grand. Yeah, um, across that parking lot, it was is like that Maid Mob store that was right there. Uh-huh. It used to be a uh, it used to be a little bar called Trago, and so they started okay. a, a Wednesday night poetry there, and it was a DJ. It was me, and then um it was a band in there. Um, and then we end up doing so well, moved down to, uh, to the river market. And so exactly. right on the corner of the river market, before you go into the actual market part, uh, I think it's next to planners, but on the corner, uh, it used to be a, uh, a venue called Cabal. It was a club. Yeah. yeah. I know that one. <laughs> and so we, we did the Wednesdays there, man, like Wednesdays was probably like, the best night in the city where you can kind of go see a little bit of everybody. That's cool. Like the, uh, uh, phase two was still going on around there. Like, yeah. it was, you know, it was a couple of, you know, the little, yes. the little hood spots <laughs> that you could go to, but, uh, that Wednesday night, it just, it kind of brought out a little bit of everybody. That's dope. Um, and that was my start. That was my start like Oh four, Oh five, um, Oh six. Uh, and then when we stopped doing that, man, I just, I kind of went on around and, and, and did a little of everything, but I was always, doing something that was live music related. And then Soul Sessions ended up being the one that like stuck. Um, and then I just, I, I got to a point where I had to grow past that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's good to see it still going. Cause it's like, I have my fingerprints on it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, part of my legacy is that. Right, right. So again, like it's, it's not about me. It's what I wanted to see inserted into nightlife. And so, yeah, this is, it's cool to see that going on, but like, you know, live music and poetry always is going to stay within my wheelhouse because, again, you know, I ain't just a DJ. Like, That's it. You know, just putting all these different, you know, shows and forms of entertainment together, yeah. you know, gathering people, man. It's cool. No doubt, man. I thank you so much for coming, man, and hanging out with me, man. This has been a great one. I look forward to everything. If anything you yeah. ever need, I can tell everybody, just always reach out. Anything I can do on my platform. I'm almost. I'm always willing to do it. Yeah. Anybody you can think of too later on, you say like, man, that'll be good. Look, let me know. We can yeah. always make it work. Yeah. Uh, Tell the next time we see y'all, it's never goodbye. It's always see y'all later. May God be your seatbelt in this thing called life and in your direction. Until we meet again, y'all be cool, be safe. Peace.
Tell the truth, nothing but the truth. Tell it like it really is. Don't hold back, don't hold back. Uncomfortable conversations are needed for growth and closure. Be real with it.